Hello and welcome to today's episode of Doing Good. Daisuke, who goes by Dice, found volunteerism for the first time ever during COVID. He knew he wanted to help, but he understood the guidelines around social distancing. He soon figured out he could impact children remotely. Today, he'll share his creative, educational, and volunteer passions with us. Well, thank you so much, Dice, for joining us today. We're thrilled to have you be our featured volunteer on today's Doing Good podcast. And if you would please introduce yourself just a little bit to the listeners out there and let us know not only who you are, but how you volunteer. Sure. Uh, My name is Daisuke Suzuki. A lot of people just call me Dice for short. I am a music producer and an audio professional for over eight years, going on nine now. Oh, my God. Well, no, 2020 doesn't count, right? So it's still eight years, right? right. And I'm also an actor and I'm just an all-around geek. I've always wanted to do volunteer work, but because I'm a freelance music producer, once COVID happened and I can no longer have, I prefer face-to-face meetings, if I do have work, I can't freely bring them into the studio. So then... I didn't really want to bring politics necessarily into it, but that did have a play in my decision making to push myself to volunteer specifically in the education sector. Why that? Why that in particular? I believe that with proper education, people could come to their own educated uh, decision. Education for me is something that remedies racism, something that remedies, in my opinion, like almost everything. And proper education is something that is readily available, but we do not give it. So here's something interesting in American education. Well, internationally, education specifically. In America, we learn one plus one equals question mark, right? What does one plus one equal? But then if you go to India, it's one plus one equals question mark, but also it's question mark plus question mark equal two. There's no one way to get to an answer, right? But the education system right now, it seems like, hey, this is what I'm supposed to teach you guys. So I'm just doing it. It's not a one one size fits all type of situation. I felt like the way that was being taught to me didn't really work. Once I started getting into, I think, junior high school and high school, at that point, I was like, I don't like school because I'm not progressing. I'm always in like the, you know. Nothing's happening. But then once I started getting into music, that's when stuff started happening in my brain, right? And then I started understanding how, why certain things work a certain way, right? Once I started getting really creative with the way I started approaching education, that's when other people, uniquely in in the science field, they were like, oh, that's a really interesting idea. And then all of a sudden, the teachers and everybody started saying like, hey, Dice is a bright kid. It's just that he's having trouble with this area. I just started thinking, I was like, wait, how come people didn't teach me X, Y, Z this particular way? That would have helped me out big time. So did you find that in junior high and high school, when you're, you were starting to, I'll say, be recognized for how you were thinking, that the educational system changed for you? Yeah. So junior high school, I also had an incident where the middle of class, middle of English class, um, the principal walked in and it was like, is there someone named Daisuke Suzuki in your class? I go to the principal's office and she's like, why aren't you in class? I'm like, what? And she goes like, well, you should be in ESL and you haven't showed up in ESL for like the past three or four days. I was like, "Uh, okay, I didn't know that. I didn't get a memo or whatever. 
I go to ESL for like probably like two, three weeks or so. The teacher was like, wow, this guy speaks perfect English. <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, born and raised here. I don't know what you want me to do. So the teacher was like, hey, can I speak to you for a minute? And I'm like, what's up? And he goes like, yeah, you're, you're, are you, are you born here? I was like, yeah. Then uh, he goes like, okay. And then now I'm talking to the ESL teacher and the principal. And they're like, so what's the problem here? Like, how come he's in my class? It seems like he has no trouble learning English because, you know, whatever. And then she goes like, no, but he's supposed to be in this class. And then she takes out an attendance book. And then it's a kid with my first name, but different last name. Oh, who was supposed to be in the class. The, yeah, who's supposed to be in the class. I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, that's not me. And she goes like, what? And it goes like, you're Daisuke. I'm like, I'm Daisuke just as much as another person is Bob, right? <laughs> and, and she goes, uh, my last name is Suzuki. And she goes like, oh, so this isn't you. And I'm like, no. Okay, fine. I go back to class. Now, like, everybody, now everything makes sense, right? But here's the kicker, though. In high school, when I was applying for college, they're like, so why were you in ESL? And I was like, what? But that was an error. And then now it's like in my record saying like I'm in ESL. And then on top of that, I was, you know, just a, a naughty student. So like, you know, everything didn't really look good on paper. Um, so they're like, OK, we're going to have you take remedial English and we're going to have you do this. I'm like, why is this happening? Um, I ended up just going to college for uh, a semester and then I stopped for a semester. And then I started working two jobs and going to college for another semester. And I, I, even at the college level, I felt that education was very cookie cutter. It just didn't make sense to me. It's like, why are you telling me how things should go? And whenever I challenge that, you're like, no, this is the way I'm, it's supposed to be. Don't give me a hard time right now. I'm like, okay, this is, it's not working out for me. Yeah, I ended up going to a audio in, uh, institute called Institute of Audio Research which that was also cookie cutter. And I ended up teaching half of the, the, the semester, I feel like, right? Um, as a student, it was, it was really frustrating because you spend like 20, 30 grand out of your pocket just to look up, just, just stuff that you could look up on the internet. Yeah, so just this whole thing with education is very frustrating. But once I started uh, building up my, um, my skills as a music producer and an audio professional, that's when I noticed that my nerdiness and my hobby could be interpreted my own way and, and uh, pass down the information to people that's interested. I do coaching for like music production and any, any of that stuff, right? The reason why I'm doing the coaching route is because I believe that letting students or people that, that wants to learn ask questions freely and challenge what what it is is an environment that i think it's extremely important instead of saying like press record that's how you do it i'm like well let's talk about podcasts for ex for example what i'm teaching the kids right now press and record and all the technical stuff you can look up on youtube you don't need me what's important is understanding what storytelling is i'm going to give you some shortcuts right from my life experience from other people's and that's what coaching, I think, is. It's a shortcut. Uh, it's a shortcut, meaning like, hey, I tried these methods out and it didn't work out. However, the most efficient way, I believe, are these options. From these options, you could choose whichever fits you. And that's how I kind of approach a lot of things. Sometimes people just want to know the answer. And I think that is very important in the, in the, in the business side of things. But what I'm trying to give students or people that I'm teaching 
is not the ability to record one project. It's the ability so you could produce your stuff uh, after I give you information. By, by telling you what to do, it steals the opportunity for you to fail. You learn from failing. That's the way to teach somebody to be a lifelong learner, I think. Instead of letting the educational system be it, you're using that as the launching pad. Yeah. As long as there's like um, a basic understanding of anything, you could kind of hack the theory on your own. And then you could kind of come up and develop your own style. And I think what's happening right now in the current climate is that it's saturated with generic cookie cutter information. We start losing what it means to be yourself. Right. I think people should be able to analyze, judge, decide, et cetera, for oneself. Yeah. To get to that point was is proper education or education that's most suited for you. Yeah, right. Well, and given your experiences you had with the educational system and your passion for education, how is it that you ended up finding the Class Act Detroit? And especially from what I understand in the midst of a global pandemic. Class Act Detroit just so happened to have a podcast and audio engineering uh, looking was looking for podcasts and audio engineering um, volunteers. I saw it. I, I reviewed their website. I was like, you know what? Let's do it right now. Everything just made sense. A lot of stuff was going on, and I felt like I needed to do something. And I, it was in time for me to be picky about what area I'm going to teach or how, whatever. It, it, I just needed to be a volunteer somewhere. So I think you had mentioned something about two different workshops that you're doing. Um, so have you started either yet? At what phase are you in and what are you thinking and what keeps you going back for more? So the first part of it is uh, the coaching one. The coaching one is actually my personal endeavor as a freelancer. It's like a music production, audio stuff guy <laughs> slash coach. Um, but uh, for volunteer work, I only have uh, one and focusing on Class Act Detroit and focusing on podcasts right now. Okay. And so how long has that been going on? Let's see. We started, I think, like two months ago. I have been uh, um, going back and forth with Class Act for about like four months now. Okay. So to prepare for it and to, I'll say, find out what you're supposed to be teaching and then figuring out how to teach it yourself. Is that fair? Um, so, so this is a, another serendipitous thing is that the people in Class Act Detroit have my back within a curriculum building. I do build curriculum, but I would uh, I wouldn't really take credit on that. What I do is uh, set a goal. This is what I hope to accomplish by the end of the semester. And I have people like Rashad and Adriana uh, that kind of build up a very general curriculum. And I say, like, I go in on the day I'm supposed to uh, teach and I kind of improvise, to be honest. Um, but I'm starting off with scripted stuff and I'm using commercial sides and having the students kind of read them. Well, I think that's pretty exciting since you've only been involved with them, I'll say, to some degree for about four months. Have you ever volunteered before or was this a first time ever volunteer thing you have begun to an official volunteering capacity this will be my first time so as far as um everywhere else it's more like i volunteer my time only if you need it last year probably early this year no no it was early this year like i i was uh, helping my friend with interior designing 
and I go out and look for cabinets or potential things that he could buy to improve organizing his apartment, um, how much money he could save by using this instead of that, you know, that sort of thing. And I also, last year, I, I had the privilege to be on the gay um, Tokyo, I'm sorry, in the, for the gay pride parade, uh, someone from uh, Tokyo Pride. And he was like, hey, can you come in and help me out? And it was amazing. Oh, I apologize. That that one I did get paid for, for the gay pride parade. Yes. No, that's fine. In case the IRS is listening. <laughs> um, so I love the fact that you're just getting into volunteering and that passion is so evident. And I'm wondering, was it the combination of the global pandemic and being in New York City? What was it that brought you to it? And what was it that made you all say committed to it before you even started? Um, the, I'll start with the being committed part. Um, I, I am passionate about it. If anything that I'm passionate about, I will be, uh, I will be committed to it. There's no really, yeah, it, it, there's no like, I'm going to do this part-time type of mentality. And as far as why, if it wasn't for a pandemic or something like that, I would have been busy trying to get new leads and trying to set up meetings and going to events and stuff like that and trying to link up and network and whatnot. But because of the pandemic, because of 2020, because of a lot of the things, it was like, hey, right now, like, like life was clapping their hand in front of my face. Like, hey, guy, wake up. Right now is the time. Like, let's do it. And what would your life have been like had you decided not to volunteer? By not volunteering... I would have probably ended up uh, in a very depressive mental state. Wow. Yeah, it wouldn't have been that great. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself just as a person? Because right now we know all about your volunteering and volunteerism. Can you tell us a little bit more so we can have a better picture of you in our heads as we listen today? I'm pretty hard on myself, but there are two things that I'm confident in. And that's being creative. And within being a creative, I'm confident in my um, audio uh, stuff and music production. Um, In addition to that, to supplement that, I think being an actor also provides a different perspective uh, on being a creative thinker, being a creative person. And I I find that that I think personally that that's like my weapon. That is my uh, that's what makes me unique. That's what. that's what I'm going to bring to the table. Since you're such a new volunteer, how is it affecting your life already or is it? And how do you anticipate it affecting your life moving forward? So I went in here saying like, I have to do something. I have to try to, uh, I mean, I could take it to like a grand scale and be like, I need to change the world somehow, but I'm going to need to start somewhere. So I started looking to volunteer, got the volunteer job. Now you need to do podcasting. Then I actually take, start the class and the students ended up teaching me. I'm going in going like, okay, this is, man, I'm going to give my best. And then once you, once you actually go in there, it's like, there's certain things that I overthought. Like, for example, because they're younger kids, there's a particular way that I need to approach or a particular way I need to speak or particular, you know, attitude I need to have. No, no, absolutely not. These kids are engaged. 
they the first question I asked was, why are you interested in podcasts? What kind of podcast would you be? In my head going in, I'm thinking video games. I'm thinking, I want to chat with my friend, right? Mm-hmm. First person that I talked to, she said, I want to do something about littering. And I'm like, oh, littering. That's okay. That's, I understand that. Okay. So can you expand on littering a little bit? She went from littering. And what she really meant was the littering causes like animals to get sick. It causes animals to get caught in certain plastics. Um, she started talking about the turtle with the straw up the nose. And then from there, she started moving on to like the reasons why these animals are behaving a certain way is because the global warming. And I'm like, wait, wait, what is going on? She starts going into global warming and how that's that needs to be taken care of. And right now with the uh, the policies that the leaders in our country are, are, have, we don't have attention to that as much as we should. And I just stood there like, well, stood there. I'm sitting because we're in a Zoom class now. But I was just staring at the screen like, what just happened? <laughs> Like, that's like stuff that we talk about. Oh, that's great. It was crazy. Then the next girl says something about like, I want to communicate with my friends uh, so that we could be more engaged on what's going on with around us. And then it sounded like a very pop thing. But then she started going into lifestyles of like individual people during COVID. I'm like, oh, my God. So that means you understand the global pandemic and how that's affecting the world. Then another girl talked about like someone tripping or something like that. And then they'll have like a joking stuff, you know, they'll have like a joke behind it. But then they will resolve it with like, um, how did you overcome that embarrassing moment? I'm like, wait, so you weren't talking about just pointing your finger and just making, you know, people feel bad. You're talking also about how to overcome bullying, how to overcome embarrassing moments, how to, you know what I mean? I'm like, what is going on? And then, yeah, and then that sparked even more of a fire. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's let's go. Like, I want to see these podcasts. Let's go. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. And the thing is, is that you're the one who's equipping them to be able to. Yeah. How dare I? Yeah. How dare I uh, approach this thinking because they're children of a particular age group that I need to approach it. You know, I need to, quote unquote get to their like get down to their level how dare i when i actually took the class i'm like oh they're all the way up there like i need to get to their level it's like crap yes i wish we all had an experience like that to teach us that lesson i'm wondering if you have any parting thoughts that you want to be sure to get across yeah the whole reason why i i started volunteering was because of the amalgamation of 2020 covid and all that stuff right that we just we just mentioned earlier but before that i always had a passion for um i won't i don't want to say proper education but just because someone can't follow a particular cookie cutter education doesn't make them any inferior doesn't make them any um stupid or any anything like that from this experience I hope that within the next 10 to 15 years that the public education system gets funded to the point where we could apply these type of creative thinkers to be the people that pushes the education system to the next to the next level. There are some ideas that I have, for example, uh, bringing some sort of celebrity-like status to teachers. 
um, similar to how we portray sport like athletes? Yes, that is such a great idea. Can you imagine the change, the shift of perspective on education if that's how people saw it? Mm. I mean, Picasso didn't get to where he's at immediately from, you know, getting into cubism. He was doing regular whatever cookie cutter stuff that you would expect. It's only when he was like, you know what? Screw this. And then he went into cubism. (laughs) Oh, quick tangent. You don't want to be unique to be unique. The reason why being yourself is important is because if you're going to be unique to be unique, you're going to become a gimmick. And I also want to uh, just revert back to what we're talking about. Imagine the type of deep conversations we could have, even with our kids, the communication you have with kids and younger people, like if they have uh, emotional problems, if they knew how to communicate efficiently better or just communicate in general and not be afraid to do that because we gave them an opportunity to be like, hey, here's a different approach to gaining certain knowledge of stuff. I think communication is going to get better. I think we're going to have a lot more of a deeper conversation than than what the stuff that we're surface level stuff that we're talking about right now. Right. Right. You can go there, but you can't go there unless you're equipped and able to go there. And in order to achieve that, you've got to learn the basics. Well, I can't um, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. You have been such a breath of fresh air and I mean a joy. You can feel the passion coming out of you and just the willingness to be there for those teenagers who you are teaching after such an incredible history and background with the educational system. And here you are turning it on his head and teaching others to, so they can create their own ripples in the pond. So that's exciting. That's really cool. And I'm so glad that you're willing to share that with us today. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Thank you for listening to the Doing Good Podcast. Follow us online at Doing Good TV on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn, or YouTube. Together, we are celebrating those who do good.